Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hello, welcome everybody. This is our first episode of season three, which I'm so stoked for. Cannot believe that we are on season three. That's so surreal. And I know for this episode, we just have a bunch of personal updates that we wanted to give um, and make room for each of us and kind of what we've been going through, what we're looking towards. Um, And 2024, I personally am very excited for. Um, And so I know that all of us have come up with words in the past and we'll get to those um, later on in this episode. But I did want to acknowledge, I, I feel like it'd be remiss to not kind of go over the holiday season and what grievers go through during that time and what each of us kind of went through. Um, I know each of us kind of had our own feelings and experiences during that time frame that I think are important to acknowledge before we start diving into like the hopefulness and new goals and ambitions for the year. So um, I just wanted to kind of caveat with that, that we'll start with our kind of 2023 recaps, end of end of Q4, business reviews, things like that. So I'll pass the mic to Kelsey first, <laughs> because I feel like we should just start off with you, get another voice in the mix, um, and want to check in on your holiday season. Thank you, Kath. Okay, sounds good. I can start us off. I know, crazy. And so excited to be starting year three, season three with you guys. Um, Very thankful for that and do agree it's important to acknowledge that holiday time and that we don't brush over it. Um, So for me, just a little refresher. We have been, my family, which is my mom's side of the family, is who I spend Christmas with. We have been using rental houses um, since 2018 on just because like we've gotten older and bigger and all that stuff before then and for our whole lives are all of our magical childhood memories Christmas has always been at Nana and Pa's house which are my mom's parents um like recently even was looking back on some whole home movies and it's crazy to see how much We do the same thing in the same place. People sit in the same spot of the couch, the trees in the same spot. We eat the same things. Obviously, we were like little kids opening toys and being crazy and the girls are in matching outfits and the boys are in matching outfits and we get older and we're drinking, but it's like same energy, the most magical Christmas memories could ever ask for. Because my Nana passed away this past summer, um, we decided since the goal is to have her house sold now at some point in 2024. Instead of doing a house rental, let's spend one more Christmas at Nana's house. Obviously, pause now been passed for a little over 10 years, but it was the first time doing Christmas back at her house since 2017, which means it was the first time ever doing Christmas at her house without her there and also the first time doing Christmas without my mom there. So there was a lot of things kind of teeing up that um, that was making me a little bit anxious and was feeling a little bit weird just going in. I know we've talked about that like 
preliminary anxiety before. Um, and overall, I will say I came out like neutral. It wasn't like this horrible, heavy, dark time. Um, I definitely have memories from my first Christmas when my mom passed away about feeling especially low and sad and tired and overwhelmed. And I would say like, while holidays will forever feel different, the acute grief of my mom was not so intense. It was weird. I was starting as as third Christmas since my mom passed. Like I felt a little bit more adapted to it. However, shitty or good or whatever that is. And then it was more just the presence of like Nana and Pa aren't there. This house is so important to our family. And my aunts like did such an amazing job, like decorating exactly as she would have and like cooking the same things and really trying to honor it. But just that weird kind of disconnect of it'll never quite be the same. And I'm going to use that to transition to um, my cousin, who I've mentioned before, because she's also a big Swifty. Shout out to Katie. Um, she is also a very talented writer and wrote a poem about the experience of Christmas that kind of sums up this grief. And I asked her permission before if I could read it on here. And so throwing in our first poetry reading of the podcast, just because of the grief connection, I'll read it and end my holiday update there. Um, so the title is it's silent on the road to Christmas. It's silent on the road to Christmas, except the faint sound of deck, the halls passing the same landmarks on the same route, food and gifts packed the car walls. We know this road. Well, we travel it every year, but the trees look different somehow because this time Nana and Pa won't be here. We're heading to their empty house to say one last goodbye to the furniture, the pianos, to all the memories in that home under the Salinas Valley sky. We're not talking, but we don't notice because we're too busy wondering what will it be like to do this holiday without them, pretending everything's all right. At dinner, will we toast them? And if so, what will we say? How will it not feel odd that we'll divide up their belongings at the end of our stay? Christmas will be special. It always is, but this one will be marked by a cloud, a truth we all know, but we don't want to say out loud. That despite all our Christmas traditions, things will be different from now on. So with a knowing look, we turn the radio up because just for now in this car, we can pretend they're not gone. And thought that was just like a nice thoughtful way to kind of sum up like the changing of things. And obviously with grief and loss, we feel it in many ways, but the holidays just end up usually being a big one. Um, so with that, I'll pass to Kat. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, your cousin is amazing with words. I feel like that whole poem is just super relatable. Um, Even I have felt a lot of those feelings as well. And it's really nice to kind of hear your emotions be put into words sometimes. It just makes you feel more seen and kind of like validating your experiences a little bit more. And especially when it comes from a family member that is sharing the same experiences as you. So I feel like a big shout out to her for that. Um, I did have one question though, because you mentioned how a lot of the things are the same during the holidays, like sitting together or like decorations and all of these different traditions that you maybe just keep similar year after year. I'm curious if 
and I don't even know kind of where I'm going with my question here, but if you've ever been afraid of any changes in that arena or like, does the grief bring that or the loss that you've experienced, losses that you've experienced, bring about that change in itself. So it feels good to keep everything as is. And it's like the people that are missing, which are such a big hole versus like doing new things or new traditions. I am not saying that one is better than the other because I am someone who definitely is scared of change and it's hard for me. But I just wonder if that's something that like you've ever thought about like helps with loss or um or would change or maybe have you ever felt like change is actually like more of a benefit that is such a fantastic question um i think initially after she passed my mom passed by like in our other side of the family, we changed that tradition with this side of the family. we have been rotating houses and doing different spots. And we like clung to change right out the gate where we were like, we don't want to do the same traditions right away. Like that feels like it's going to be way too apparent. Let's make sure things are different. We can be with the same people, but let's be in different places because the places are really hard. Being three years now, or it was like the third Christmas out, um, there was something a little bit comforting about being back to like what we had done before, um, to like almost like circle back and hit on it once before we like can't have that as an option again. Um, I think it depends. That's a really good question. I don't know if I've thought of it in that way, other than just in the immediate like bubble of right after a passing, I knew we all, my dad, sister, and I clung to the idea of doing things different. So maybe it's somewhere in the middle, like changing up enough that it doesn't feel identical and it's not so horribly in your face in the same way, but being with the same people is comforting. I know, you know, one day, knock on wood, hopefully I get married. And if I'm ever needing to spend a Christmas with like their family instead of my own family, obviously that would be like the most different because it's a different place and it's not with my people. And so I, part of me thinks like, that maybe wouldn't be as comforting because you're really so distant and not connected at all. Um, but obviously I have not experienced that. So I'm at least like living with the same people, but yeah, that's a great question. I think immediately different and then falling somewhere in between has kind of been the safe spot. Um, but yeah, thank you for a good question. I'm going to keep thinking about that. Yeah, no, I mean, and you definitely don't have to have an answer. I th- and I think it can be different, different years too, like you were saying, depending on the situation or, you know, how fresh you are, like recovering from loss versus not. Things can be helpful for different people, different situations, different years. Like I know for me, I held on to the traditions and the root, the same, um, plans like holiday plans and kind of like people's houses and everything for as long as I possibly could I I just really wanted to cling on to everything that felt good and for me it felt good to still have all of those things even though there was a great like elephant in the room and a major loss to me like those I still wanted to hold on to those and it was important for me to hold on to those especially when I was younger for sure I didn't want like the magic of Christmas to like wash away. Um, I think as I grew older, I started realizing, you know, 
there were new kids that were coming into the fold and into the family. So then new traditions were being introduced like for those new kids. And that was almost like um, a almost symbol of like, okay, we're moving where we have to move forward and like kind of almost that symbol of acceptance really tying back to the stages of grief right now. Um, and so for me, that was just like a hard just a hard kind of reality to accept, I think, for a little bit. And then I really learned to embrace it and be happy with change and embrace all of the new fun things that we still, that we got to do now with the new generation and new families, traditions and things like that. So I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting to hear about and talk about. And then I guess I'll go into my kind of holiday recap and season. I spent my Christmas at home um, in LA visiting both people on my mom's side of my family and my dad's side of my family. It was really lovely. Um, I got to see some out of town family members as well. Very low key and easy. Um, And then for New Year's, I went on a trip to New York to visit my friends, which was really, really fun. Um, and kind of felt that was the first time I've ever gone away during the holiday season, I think, like that week between Christmas and New Year's. And it's honestly so nice to have that time. Like, I usually spend it at home, bored, not really like just, you know, trying to relax and stuff. But this time I really wanted to go away and get on a trip and like see friends. So I came back very invigorated, I feel like, after that trip. Um, but it was almost in a sense, a little bit hard to come back to LA and just come back to like, uh, new beginnings, a new year and every, and reality after being on kind of like your vacation during that really high of a week where there's not a lot going on and there's, you just have like a week to yourself kind of, even though things are like died down at work and stuff is still going on, but, um, it's a little bit quieter. And I just remember having, and I was texting Kelsey about this, like a lot of griefy feelings coming back from that trip. Um, It's interesting. I didn't, don't know if there's a tie there of like going on a trip and then coming back and why you feel grief like during that time. Maybe there's a trigger or something within that. Um, I've never reflected on it until this trip, but I was very emotional. I I was evaluating a lot of like life changes that I wanted for the year. And I think maybe that's that like New Year's grief that we've talked about in the past of like um, looking forward to another year, but it's without the person um, that you love. And I think this was one where I feel like I am turning a new decade this year. And I think with that comes a lot of questions of what you want in life and new and exciting things like just all around in life. And I think it's just a big marker of all of that newness. And it really just reminded me of how much and made me miss my dad a lot and how much I wanted to ask him like all of these major life questions. And I told Kelsey, like I even opened up my scrapbook um, to kind of see like, what would he maybe say during this time and try to get an idea of it all. And for those of you that don't 
that haven't listened to that episode, basically my dad left me a scrapbook um, during some major life milestones. And I received kind of advice along the way as I was growing up at all of those milestones. And so I was looking back and reflecting on those pages. But as mentioned, it was like for each of those milestones, like as I was a kid, not like my grown up version of myself, my almost 30 year old self that has all of these questions about like the future partners, people like plans and goals that I really wanted to ask him about. And I can't, I can, but I don't feel like I get an answer. And so that was really, was really tough. Um, And right around after the new year ends, it's my dad's birthday too. So I think that that also obviously tied into a factor of like, I really want to talk to him. And then also it's his birthday coming up. Um, So this year was definitely a harder year, I would say, than others just because of craving that conversation so badly and not being able to get it. But but I am looking forward to so much in this upcoming year. And I am definitely framing it as all very exciting things to look forward to. It's just, I guess, maybe one of those like, there's no wedding, there's no baby, nothing like that. But like turning 30 for me has been, is like serving as almost like a milestone marker where you like want your person to be around. So that's kind of where it's been. Well, um, thank you for sharing that, of course. And um, sorry, I wasn't more present to know about all your griefy feelings you were going through. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna, do you know whether there's more in the scrapbook or the letters pages or whatever it was do you know if there's more of that to come or do you not know and if you do know is that something you're anticipating having all these feelings come through while you're entering this new era this year yeah it's a really heavy question in a sense because I don't know and I am almost in denial of or I don't want to know like Uh, it's kind of something I've been putting off and knowing like the next milestone I foresee it happening is a wedding. And I don't know if it ever got to that point. Like if he had the time to get to that point, if he did, if those were like the first ones actually, and like, I don't even know, or like having a child or anything like that. um, Those would be the next two that I would think of that would have pages. But I'm also scared of the fact that there aren't any more and I have not been um I on I get I don't know if honest is the right word but I'm scared to find out that I haven't asked and it hasn't been information that has been relayed to me either so I know that if I asked I could probably get the answer but I'm honestly a little bit scared to know the answer because if the answer is no I think I'm going to be really really sad but Either way, hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully I'll actually get married and then I'll find out by then. And if I never do, then I'm never getting that page. So no idea. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, no, thank you for sharing, echoing that. And I know that, you know, I think when we were texting, you kind of alluded to the fact that it doesn't matter, you know, how many holidays you've gone through with, with, out your dad, sometimes some maybe feel quote unquote easier or it doesn't feel as sharp. And for all the reasons you listed, co- probably a combination of all of it between 
you know, you about to be 30 and a new decade and your fun trip and like that different perspective traveling gives you and seeking the advice and his birthday, like all just led to it feeling sharper. And I think for our audience, that has to be just so relatable that it's just going to ebb and flow. And sometimes it's going to kind of sting quickly and come by. And sometimes it's going to be that more intense feeling that you felt. And, you know, there's obviously no easy or any way to respond to, of course, you want to talk to him and hear what he has to say. And it fucking sucks that you can't. And, you know, you know that and it just like is reality. And there's maybe some empowerment of saying that out loud and knowing that other people feel the same way that you do. Or I I noted how you said it. You can still talk to him. And I know, you know, everyone has different beliefs about how people stick around or if they can listen or looking for signs and, you know, what all of that means. And that's a whole other story. But what you mean is not respond in the traditional way that you would want him to respond. You want to hear his voice tell you words. And it sucks that you only have, you know, your knowledge of him and your knowledge of his thought process and your knowledge of his life and your knowledge of the letters you do have to formulate your best guess as to what he would say or feel entering this new chapter. Um, new chapter being like a new decade, or if you do end up having like a life shifting anything that happens this year. I also think it is a good and relatable call out that a big birthday could just be something that triggers that it doesn't have to just be a big life event like marriage or kids that a big birthday, um, you know, one of those moments where you notice the time passing. So I know I don't, have anything magical to say, but just kind of acknowledging and that it does fucking suck. And thank you for sharing because it is um, brutal. No, thank you for acknowledging that. And I appreciate you saying that a big birthday is also a big milestone in, in life as well. And it doesn't always have to be other ones that we frame in our, in our minds. So that is definitely probably a trigger here. Um, and one of those events that you just didn't foresee, uh, grief creeping up on you and it did. Um, and I also wanted to acknowledge that I know Mads was apologizing for not being present during that time, but she was definitely going through a season of her own and some family stuff. So I just wanted to open up the floor to whatever she feels comfortable with sharing about the holiday season and kind of her experience, um, and anything, anything she wants to share. So I'm going to kind of just go through the week, um, leading up to Christmas and kind of go through what has been going on the past, uh, little bit of it. Um, probably the most vulnerable out of all of the times we've talked that I'll be, um, so on December 15th, um, in the morning, my grandma had called me. Um, we're very, very close. I, I have her on my gallery wall. And she's staring at me as we record this. Um, she called me and she had she had fallen previously. Um, she wasn't she hasn't been super healthy since my grandpa. Had died. There's the dog barking to help with everything. Hold on. 
I'm actually going to grab her because maybe she'll help me. Yeah, that's a good idea. Of course, she has to let me let in the mood a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so on uh, the 15th, she had called me the week previous. She had fallen and had been in the hospital um, briefly. Um, she had They had found out that she had broken um, a couple of her like bones in her vertebrae um, and she was wearing a neck brace. Um, and so she called me on the 15th and we had talked in the morning for about 15 minutes. Um, I told her to call me later when she had eaten something. And so she was going to get some oatmeal and she was going to call me back. Um, and so then at 1.45, she called me back and let me know that she had eaten. Um, and I was rushing off to a two o'clock meeting. So I told her I would give her a call back on the way home and that I loved her. Um, and that was that. Uh, I got off work that day. I did not call her. I went home. I had so much on my mind, so much to do. I didn't think about it. Um, she fell the next day and went in the hospital, um, and then passed away a few days later. So I never got to give her that call back, um, which is something that it's been really struggling with. Um, something I'm walking through personally walking through. I don't even think I've told the girls that until right now. Um, so I, uh, I was, we we're very, very, I was, I'm very, very close with my grandma and my grandpa on that side. I always have been, I was kind of their like golden girl. Like they told everybody about me. Like I went, uh, everybody, I mean, I was, they were so proud of me and, um, they loved me so much. Like that was one of my friends had asked what my favorite thing about my grandmother was. And I said that they loved me. Like I had known what love was because they, no matter what, there was not a single, even when I was an angsty teenager and I would have, you know, doubts about my family love, like my parents and my sister, like I never once in my heart doubted that my grandma and grandpa Mitchell loved me and had space for me. Um, so taking that to, she, she fell, um, again, she went into the hospital. Um, it had come out that she, when she first fell a week prior, she had a broken sternum. They didn't notice and didn't recognize or get the results on. She also had, um, a UTI that they didn't find whenever she was in there the first time. So they didn't treat her for it. And then she ended up getting sepsis in the hospital because of the UTI and passing away a few days later. Um, so I was at my mom's house on Saturday, uh, Friday, I think. And right after that, and we were talking, um, and we got a call. Um, I also want a caveat to say I've been, and not that I'm the most educated, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but to that side of the family, they're the side of the family. If you're a frequent listener that I have mentioned, um, did, didn't come from money you know it's kind of interesting to see the differences and you know how they live versus my other grandparents um so every time they were in the hospital or my grandpa was in the hospital i would call and talk to the doctors and i was really the person that would help and make decisions um and so they called on that friday or saturday when i was with my mom and told me and my mom on the speakerphone the doctor did not have much bedside manner um she said to my mom quote unquote your mom is actively dying. Um, so I immediately in that moment, I was never forget. I will never forget. I was sitting at her chair and I just start sobbing. And 
my mom, we figure out, you know, what's going to happen. We're like, okay. So we move her, decide to move her to comfort care, which is, um, it's before hospice. It's basically just meaning we're not going to do any more tests. So we're not going to do any more tests on her heart to figure out why it's going so fast. We're just going to make her as comfortable as possible while we can. Um, and as soon as she hangs up, I just start sobbing. And I said, I never got to call her back. Um, and I have a full on one of those like few times a year panic attacks that take your breath away. Um, and I immediately get this feeling of guilt that just takes over like my entire body. Um, and it is guilt is one of the worst things to feel. And grief is one of the worst things to feel. And those things tied together with someone who has always done so much for you. Um, she would have $20 and give them to, like, she would give me any, she would give me the shirt off her back and she did so many times. Um, and so in that moment, I just felt like I had let her down and that I didn't get to talk to her. Um, I did actually talk to you guys about that. Cause I know you made a few suggestions. Um, my aunt was going to end up calling me to talk to her. Um, and she passed away before we could. Um, so she passed away on December 18th, right before Christmas. Um, and we decided to kind of figure things out the way that, you know, best we could. Um, my mom and I wrote the obituary. Um, I immediately was in this really tough spot of this overwhelming grief and guilt that I still feel. And I'm trying to work through on top of booking the plane and the hotel and trying to take care of everything for my mom because um, she had just lost her mom. Um and so it was just a very heavy, it's been a very heavy month. Um, it, yeah, she's just about a month now. Um, and so all that to say, that was the 18th. We ended up deciding to do her services in the new year. Um, so I ended up flying back to Michigan um, on New Year's Day. Um, leading up to that, on, the, on a highlight, we did get to have a very lovely holiday. Um, it was nice to kind of be removed a little bit from it. It sounds horrible, but we were down here, um, and so we, we weren't going to see them anyways. Um, so we had a lovely holiday at my mom's house. Everybody came. I was able to do um, my boyfriend Will's birthday is the 24th, so we did the 24th with his family, and I talked to his talk, let his parents know, and they're very sweet. Um, and then the 25th, we were all at my mom's house. My sister was able to come to town. Um, we were all kind of together and had a good good time. And then my New Year's Eve kind of sucked because I just was dreading the next day we had to go up and get every and kind of put our our faces on and get it all sorted. Um, so on New Year's Day, um, I dropped Eloise, my dog, off with my boyfriend. And I was also just this kind of I had never, I've never felt felt this way before. It was kind of insane. I went to his house to drop her off and I just sat there and I sobbed the entire time saying goodbye to him and Eloise. And I think it had just, it had hit me that I had never been up to Michigan to that area and not been with my grandma. Um, even when my grandpa died and I was in this space where I didn't know anybody at the church and whatever, like she was always there and she had always been there since I was born. Um, there's not a single picture you'll see us together of the family of like Candace that we're not together. Um, Kendi, my sister knows that we were just like, it's not, they were not quiet. I was their favorite and they were mine. Like we would go through like, like they were my people. Um, 
when my grandpa, my grandpa was legally blind and when he was going to have his surgery to make him legally blind, he said the last thing he wanted to see was me before he went legally blind. Like we were so, I don't know what it was, but we were always just very, very close. Um, so we ended up going up to Michigan um, on the 1st. The good news is when I was booking my flight, um, I got to book an extra day to stay with and hang out with Uncle Ken with my mom. Um, which was really lovely. Um, so we get up there. The first day we get up there, we were uh, funeral, um, kind of, you know, doing all of that kind of stuff and just the what what you do. And we took turns. Um, we we went through all the. There's not really any family up there that we're close with, so we. It was this mix of the fact that now she's gone. That's probably the last time we'll be up there. Um, it was also some hectic parts of it because my, um, grandma and grandpa had both passed away and it leaves my mom and her brother who she doesn't really speak to. Um, and everything was now hers to figure out. So we ended up having to stay up there for a while to not only deal with the emotional tough grief, but going through her items and, figuring out what to do with the house and the cars and, you know, realizing there were certain things in grandpa's name and trying to figure that out. So there was a lot of time there that I had to be an adult that I wasn't really ready for or really wanted to be. Um, And there's this, uh, John Mayer was on a podcast that I'm going to post about. um, And I posted about it on my private friend's story, but he was like, you know, you have a while with the grief, like you're sorting all of their things out. And it's until you get, you know, you get done with everything where that's like, that's the layer that's gone. And then you have to start really feeling it and realizing it. And so I feel like we had so many things to like rehome the dog and do all of the things that um, I'd always been an adult in that side, but I had never had to be an adult to them when they weren't there. Um, So I'm kind of all over the place and all that to say, we ended up being back in Michigan for a week, taking care of her, of her things. Um, I ended up bringing her dog back to North Carolina to rehome her, um, which brought me a little bit of peace of feeling like I had done her, her proud because I had such guilt and I still have such guilt, um, with my grief. Um, and so I kind of felt like that was a way to like selfishly be like, I'm doing good on grandma because that was her, like her life her life goal was to just like, she told me at one time she wanted to be cremated and mixed with the dog. Like she loved this, loves her dog so much, <laughs> um, which is absurd. And I'll have to share a picture. Um, I took pictures of her whole adventure with me. She had never been anywhere, but her little farm in Michigan. So um, I took her through the airport. I took her on a plane. I got her all sorted out that way. Uh, but it's been a really heavy and really hard a few weeks and month and holiday, um, knowing that it's just, I think part of the reason it feels so heavy is because of the fact that, you know, like I said, I had never been up there without her. And it was kind of the end of an era for, you know, my mom's like, both of my parents are gone. Their house is gone. Like, like nobody's up there for us anymore. So we will probably never be up there again. We said goodbye to the farm. We had to take what we could and what we wanted with her recipes or her handwriting. Um, and that was that. And so, um, we ended up coming back and right before we left, my mom and I took um, some ashes of both my grandma and my grandpa and we scattered them out in the garden behind the barn, um, which was a space that was very special to them. 
Um, and now I'm kind of working through, as I said, with the, the quote I had mentioned, all of the feelings that you didn't feel when you were going through it, because we had to do all of the, you know, the adult things. And, and I was a big part in that. And I don't, um, I'm glad that I was, and I'm glad that I have the kind of weird relationship with them that that was always how they trusted me and loved me um there were little things my grandma said like she really wanted me to have like my great grandma's wedding dress and certain things like that that I that I had taken and then it was just there's just a lot of feelings and a lot of ways to go about that and um I know it's probably also like you just me saying this through my like crying sad tears I was trying to figure out if I could do it and I know I wanted to be um as honest and just come out with it however I could. Um, That all being said, I'm very grateful for you guys. Of course, you've reached out and were very sweet to me um, and sent me some cozy, some cozy items to have. Uh, My boyfriend was so lovely. He took the dog and didn't ask any questions. He was like, I'm surprised you didn't check on Eloise. And I was like, I just, I was so ingrained in what I had to do when I was up there. It was exhausting. Uh, My mom and I would come back to the hotel and I put on Bravo, like 20, I was always on, but we wouldn't even speak to each other when we would get back to the hotel. Like it was just physically and mentally exhausting. Um, And so that's kind of where we're at. It's been a month. Um, Her birthday was actually yesterday, as I told the girls, and I was going to post something on social media. But the reaction that I had today when I was about to start talking about her is what I had when I was ready to post it. Um, It's been a very tough little chapter. Um, As Kathy said, there's so much to look forward to. It's so much good um, to look forward to this year. It just kind of sucked the timing of it happening right before Christmas and that the New Year's Day was when we started to do it all. Um, her her services were, um, I believe, the third, second or third, um, the second of the month. Um, so that's kind of my sad update. Um, it's all, it's, it's all life and, you know, as things happen. Um, I also, there was another quote that, that John had said in this grief thing I listened to that he didn't like the, and I'm not going to word it properly. I was trying to find it before we were recording, but I didn't get to, um, basically he, somebody had asked him a question about how old his dad was. His dad's 94 years old, I think now. And he was like, I don't like that question whenever we're talking about grief because it makes it feel like because it's a grandma or because it's a grandpa and you have time to prepare that it makes it easier, but it just doesn't like grief is grief and losing someone is losing someone. And it doesn't matter if you're 10 years old, 30 years old, or, you know, my grandma was 85. Um, it just doesn't matter where, where you're at. It just, it still is is as heartbreaking as it could be. Um, so that's my my heavy update. And I guess I'll pass it to you guys for questions or what, however to lead on from there. Um, that's, that, that's me right now. Um, Mads, you are so incredible. Thank you so, so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable. I know that is so not easy at all to do, especially because it is still so fresh. Um, I hope there was even a sliver of catharticism that just like speaking it out loud into a safe space gave some little kind of release. Um, There's so much to hit on. I feel like you covered so many amazing points that I feel like anyone listening who's gone through anything similar definitely would relate to. Um, First being working backwards from what you said like 
that no matter how old somebody is or if you quote unquote have time to think about it or grieve them, that that doesn't, you know, make the hurt uh, and the sadness of the loss and the grief any less profound. I think that was a big point you made that I completely agree with. Like grandparent relationships are deeply special. And just hearing you describe yours brought me multiple smiles to my face. Like you can feel the love and unbreakable bond that you three had with each other, um, where you were actively the favorite and just like how close and describing like, which is so relatable. Like you can have like, you know, little quips with your immediate family when you're in your angsty years, but like your grandparents, if you're lucky and have a good relationship with them, like that love is just so unbreakable and special. And I'm just so happy you had such a beautiful relationship with both of them. I know I can relate to the fact that like, it's one thing when you lose one, it's, it's a deeper cut when the second one is gone because the other one kind of leaves you connected more to the, you know, and then when it's both of them and like you said, with the house and everything, it's like a deeper cut. So just acknowledging that and like that, that's definitely relatable. Acknowledging the, you know, you, didn't want to be the adults, like when you're going through all this sadness. But on the other hand, it like presses pause on like the feelings a little bit. And it's just so draining. But it's like you had a set time there with your mom and you had to go through the stuff and the logistical things and like that feeling drained at the end of every day. And it's such an unfair, annoying layer to grief that like when you are at your saddest point, you have to make really difficult decisions and do really heavy things like, yeah, figure out like where the dog goes. And I love that you brought the dog to North Carolina. Like that made me smile too. Like that was such a good idea. And that you're there trying to think about how the grief is impacting your mom while you're grieving too. And like having to take on so much is just heavy and a lot. So I'm so glad you had the support system in place with the rest of your family and your boyfriend and us from afar and anyone else you were sharing this with and like encouraging you to continue to lean on your support during all of this. And then last point I'll make before turning it over to Kath, which is the hardest and heaviest point and the most vulnerable and so appreciative of your vulnerability is the guilt element with the phone call. And I know that that's so hard to talk about and think about. And I could feel your distress when you did text us about it and us trying to, yeah, like think through and give suggestions. And there, it's one of those that like, there's no easy answer and other, it's not easy, but the only thing that I think you can think about now is just the depths of the love of your relationship is so profound. It'll transcend generations going forward. Like you will be able to pass on the love and the things that your grandma taught you literally to your grandkids. Like that is hundreds of years of the love living on that isolating anything to like one possible additional phone call is so minute in the scale of the universe of the world of your relationship and your love and how you guys felt about each other that like the ultra ultra zoom out button is the only thing but like I also totally understand that like 
fixating on that and that that was like the first thing you thought of when you heard the like shitty doctor delivery of news and totally acknowledging all of that. But the only little piece I will share is the ultra zoom out of the depths of your relationship. But I love you so much. I'm so proud of you for sharing. And I'll pass to Kath. Yeah, I just want to echo thank you so, so much for being so vulnerable and giving us so much detail too. I know like, oh, there's so many nuggets in there, as Kelsey said, that are so relatable for somebody, like maybe not all of them, but I'm sure just by telling your story, you touch one person because they get to say like they felt that way in the immediate aftermath of loss as well. And so I'm super, super appreciative of that. Um, And again, just kind of also kind of following up on what Kelsey said, especially the moments where you feel like, quote unquote, a little bit selfish, um, talking about the honest feelings of feeling like you actually were okay being away for the holidays and being able to celebrate with your family in North Carolina. Like that's such a real feeling of like not wanting to be there and just kind of like being able to quote unquote, escape it for like a little bit. And obviously you're going to have to go back and face it in a couple of days. And it's like, let us just breathe for a second, have this time to ourselves um, and be able to have these happy moments before we kind of have to go back to reality and all that comes with that. And so I just want to acknowledge like how powerful it is to actually say that out loud because I think a lot of, especially first time grievers, aren't so willing to admit those like selfish quote unquote, selfish feelings that you have. And it's so real and normal and you deserve to have those moments, like no matter what. Um, And I know that the guilt um, feeling is very, very strong and powerful. And as you mentioned, we were talking about it in our group chat and I kind of, I was about to say exactly what Kelsey said. It was just like the relationship and the love that transpired over your entire time with her is far more powerful than maybe one phone call. And I I totally understand and like relate to that feeling of guilt of maybe having one last moment or one last look or call. Um, But at the end of the day, like she will always have remembered you for the lifetime of for your lifetime and the relationship that you've built over all of those years. So that's what's really important. And you maintained such a good relationship with her. You checked in on her. You guys talked all the time. Like you were a great granddaughter. So I don't doubt that. And I don't doubt that she loves you very, very much. Well, thank you both for- And I love you very, very much. I love you too. And, and thank you both for the for this making this space now and then. And I was very sporadic. I texted the girls and I was like, my grandma's dead. Like I just like that was it. And um there was a couple of things I wanna know on um two things I want on what one thing I want Kelsey said, something else I wanted to mention, and then if it's okay as we close it down, um, this topic, at least for now. Um, one of my friends texted me and said, tell me what you love most about Carol. And I posted it on my close friends and I shared it with you guys, but I would love to read um, what I wrote because I thought it really put, brought a lot of her good out. Um, but uh, yeah, what Kelsey said, um, it's just was like, she said the word unfair. And I felt that I was like, it's just so like, it felt very unfair that out of like 
all of the grandkids and all of the people in her life, like I was closest with her. So now I'm the one that automatically will be helping make these decisions and I will be dealing with this. And that kind of seemed shitty, but it also seemed shitty for me to feel that way because I was with my mom and she now is like, she said to me when we were talking, she was like, and Kels, I'm sorry. Um, this is kind of, a, a, I guess not a trigger because your mom's gone and it's awful. But my mom was like, I'm an orphan. Like, I don't, she said that too. She's like, I'm an orphan. Like, I don't have parents. Like, and that was really tough. Um, she mentioned, like, she was like, she looked at me and she was like, I'm sorry your grandma died. And I was like, I'm sorry your mom died. Like, that was just like kind of what we kept going back on. Um, but like I said, one of my friends um, had texted me and said, tell me what you love most about Carol. And I wrote just a little bit I'd like to read because I feel like it tells the good and kind of submits it all. And then we can kind of go on to more happy things if we want. But um, what I wrote when my friend asked me that, I said, she was quirky and controversial and talented in mine. She was my biggest fan on my worst days. She loved me fiercely and I loved her back. We closed down the fort up north this week, scattered grandma and grandpa's ashes in the garden, flew back to North Carolina with her KitchenAid mixer and her dog in hand. Being Carol and Louis' granddaughter is one of the greatest gifts of my life. It's why their pictures have been framed in my apartment for years before we ever lost either of them. It's how grandpa always slept on the couch when I came over, as both a child and an adult, so grandma and I could fall asleep in bed talking like schoolgirls. They taught me Skippo, my love for animals, and why it's so important to have your butter the proper temperature for baking. There isn't a photo growing up where grandma is in it and I'm not in her arms or at her side. If you met them, they loved you. If you loved me, they loved you. If you couldn't find a seat at any table in any city, grandpa would pull a chair out of the barn for you. There was always room. They were the last visit I took before moving to North Carolina. My heart hurt so bad because they filled every orifice that was empty for 27 years. Mom and I both agreed this week has been way harder than we anticipated because it's the end of an era. It's the end of Caraloo Farms and hot cookies as soon as you pulled in the driveway. My grandma was a woman who worked her entire life to be in heaven, and I hope wherever she is, it's exactly as she pictured it. I love these people with everything in me, which makes a loss just as grand. Rest in peace, sweet Carol. I hope Grandpa Carista and Aslan saved you some room on the couch. P.S. I'm sorry I convinced you for two years that I was dating Andrew Garfield because I totally did. <laughs> she totally thought I was dating him for the longest time. Um, but I wanted to kind of end it with sharing my words that I had been able to write in a moment. I took a lot of time to say them and I just kind of wanted to capture all of the good that, that came along with her because I know this is kind of a heavy way of talking about her and that whole experience. Um, but that's kind of my, my, my final note on the whole, the whole topic. One, you're such a good writer. That was so beautifully written. And um, I'm glad we're ending on that because I also find that important that, you know, there's the time and the place to process the death and the change and the loss. But it's like almost more important to make sure the reasons you loved them and the things that made them them is focused on too, that like people know about that. And like the way you wrote that makes me as somebody who somehow has still never met you in person and like has never been to your house, like really understand how your relationship was. Like you paint the picture so well. So continuing to talk about that and share that or write or whether it's posting on your Instagram or telling your friends. And I'm so glad your friend texted you and asked that question. I also just want to flag that, that 
that's a really sweet question when somebody tells you somebody's passed away is to then ask them like, what are your favorite things about them? So that's just a general thing to note that I love. But yeah, you're an amazing writer, Mads. That is beautiful. (laughs) And your relationship is beautiful. And she and your guys' relationship is amazing. Thank you for saying that. And thank you guys for making this space now. And then and I've been so on and off. And so, you know, sometimes I'm like talking, sometimes I'm laughing. I just, I feel like I've been kind of extra all over the place because it just like, it's kind of crazy. Like the first couple of weeks was like a really bad, like depression trip. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was late to work for a really long time. Um, so even now, sometimes it just hits me. And it's like kind of what Kelsey, I started tearing up when you were talking about your family at Christmas, because it's like similar. It's like, we're like, this is the last time we're going to be at this house. The last time we're going to, you know, do all of these things and just kind of coming to realization with that. And it keeps hitting me after because we had so much like clerical work to do. Um, the good note of the trip up there was like I mentioned, we did spend an extra day with Uncle Ken and we got to go to his house and he took me to dinner and had us meet his grandkid, his grandson. And he is, he t- ended up dropping us off at the airport and um, it was really lovely to take some time to, to get to talk to him and spend some time with him. Um, I know it did my mom really well too. Um, and we're all back and doing well. Um, Melody, grandma's dog, I rehomed her with my boss's mom, who is um, an, an older lady who lives a similar lifestyle that my uh, my grandma did. And um, that was seriously her pride and joy. So I feel like if I could do one thing there, that would be something that would make her really proud. So I'm really happy with that. Um, I definitely am going to post at some point the, the, the videos of her walking through the airport. It's just she was so cute, like a little farm dog who had never left her little town of Millington, Michigan is now like strutting through the Charlotte airport like she owns the place. Uh, but that's uh, thank you guys for making this space and always having so much love for me, however I've been able to show up lately. Thank you so much again for sharing. You definitely need to make like a POV TikTok video and who knows, maybe she'll become super famous and then you'll have really done your grandma so proud by making the whole world known, like making her known to the whole world. Um, And I'm sure she already is with the home that she got to. So that's always like such a beautiful way um, of being able to contribute and honoring your grandma as well. So Um, Thank you so much again. And as we mentioned, we do want to also kind of reflect on what this new year will bring. Um, And of course, but of course, have to acknowledge everything that has happened in the last uh, in the last two months and just with the holiday seasons and obviously everything that Mads was going through. But looking ahead to 2024, I know I don't know if all of you guys worked on your word, but we were tasked last year. We came up with a word and Mads tasked us again um, with coming up with our word for 2024. Um, And there's just, I mean, for me, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, there's a new decade. Uh, I feel like I'm hopeful for a lot of new beginnings, Um, but my word of the year is determined, and there are just a lot of those kind of bigger life decisions that I think I was mentioning that I was struggling with and grappling with, not being able to talk to my dad about 
that I actually want to make decisions on. And so I'm determined to make those decisions and kind of make those plans come into action. Um, I'm really motivated. My friends and I did a PowerPoint night, which I highly recommend to anybody that wants to do that with their friends. And we did a 2023 recap. Um, the presentation was a hit, and now we all know as friends how to support and motivate each other in our goals. And so, like, for example, something on there that I have is I really want to join a dance class. Shout out to Dancing with the Stars for inspiring me for that. Um, and so, like, for example, if one of my friends wants to help or wants to join a dance class with me, that's something. Or if there are books, because another friend, a goal of my friends was to, like, read 10 books during the year, we can recommend her any books that we hear about. So it's really just kind of all like hold each other accountable, but also support along the way um, and encourage and cheer each other on. And I think it's just like a really nice, I don't know, like community. And it's just four of us right now that are checking in with each other. And it's just really nice to have that support. Um, I don't know why we've never done this before, but it's really nice to do it now. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of acknowledge all of those types of things that you can kind of create for yourself at the beginning of the year. Um, and I know sometimes it's also hard to find resources and it can be like a little daunting to look into every single resource for the things that you want to actually do for the year. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to the skim because I got an email today that was kind of like highlighting all of these different categories of pro tips of what you can do to kind of activate on those goals in diff for different buckets of your life. So for example, financial, they were like uh, suggesting an app, I think it's called Nudge, um, for different activities to be able to do. And you can try to look for activities that are free in your neighborhood that still bring you joy, but you know, you don't feel like you're bawling out on having to do something, some activity with your friends, or just acknowledging any self care things that don't cost money, like going on a walk, meditating, doing a face mask, which hopefully you can get for like $3 at a Walgreens or something. Um, but all of those things that can bring you joy and don't cost a lot or example like a budgeting tool I know they have like um, some sort of chase plan where if you want to find it or you want to pay off a big um, a, a big expense you can do it at zero interest with depending on certain tools so it's just things like that that I really appreciate and then lastly the last thing I'm gonna say is I know that finding hobbies sometimes can be really sometimes hard at our age. It sounds really weird, but I feel like it's a phenomenon that happens amongst a lot of my peers where we're like, what is a hobby? And like, what do you like to do as a hobby? And so I think finding what you like to do is also really hard. Um, and the skim also gave kind of some resources there. There's books that you can read to kind of like unlock your creativity. If you don't feel like you're a really creative person, but maybe there's something inside of you. Um, I think it was like, oh my gosh, The Big Magic is like a really famous book about talking about creativity and uh, understanding how it's within all of us. We just have to 
find out how to unlock it. Um, and then there was this, I believe this site called Crate Joy, which is kind of like a hobby in a box. And you can sign up to for something that sounds interesting. And it's just kind of like your starter kit of that hobby. So if it's like a cocktail making class, it's like a shaker and a recipe book um, and different things that you want to know about. Or if you want to do arts and crafts or a book club and a subscription like book club, things like that, um, that kind of get you like kickstarted on those hobbies. Um, and I just thought that that was really cool to be able to seek those out because I know myself, I've been like, what is my hobby? I'm still trying to search for them. And I know my therapist was always like, you need some more hobbies. So just a pro tip for anyone out there, um, if they find that relatable or want to join, but I will pass it to Kelsey to talk about any 2024 aspirations, word, um, and big goals. Um, first of all, love yours, Kath. I love your word and I love your friend group holding each other accountable. And I love the skim. Fun fact, I was a campus ambassador for the skim back in like 2015 when they were first starting. So I've always had a little soft spot for the skim and their involvement. And I think their Instagram page has become within the last year, like a really great resource. Like you can tell the content they put out is not for entertainment. It is to be helpful. So just recommend also. And I feel like it's all, it's definitely female founded and I think pretty female centric. So shouting them out and love all those tips. Um, my word this year is electric. It is a little bit inspired by the Taylor Swift song Electric Touch because I listened to that song so much this year. That's like gave me the initial idea, but where it came from a bit is I feel a little bit like I've been going through the motions or a lot of my life, um, minus the massive loss, like has been the same for the past many years, being in the same city and doing the same job. And it's easy to fall into just like boring routines or playing things safe um, and just wanting to have those electric feelings in life, whether it's big trip or big change or hopefully in a relationship that's really exciting, like just wanting to like add electricity to my life in all of those different ways and not trying to put too many harsh parameters on like how I think that's going to go, but just kind of stating the word and being open for what that ends up looking like um, and just kind of feeling like there could be some shifts or changes and we'll see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see how it's going to go. There's not too much that I know yet about the year for me other than um, likely the time of living with my sister will likely come to an end when our lease is up in July. So we will have lived together for a full year, which has been magical. And I plan for the first half of 2024 to like soak up and be present and enjoy this time living with her as an adult because it'll likely not happen again. And so I want to be really present in that and then like very open to see what living situation comes next after that. And knowing that I am lucky and get to go back to Europe for the first time since 2019 because my friend's getting married in Switzerland and I'll be able to make a little trip out of it. I haven't planned all the elements of like where I'm going before other than London for sure. And I'm already feeling that that has great electric potential just Anytime you leave the country and travel and like go somewhere magical, I feel like it just like 
is a wonderful thing. So yes, that is my word and what I'm looking at for next year. And Mads, we'll toss it to you to bring us home since you're the one who has given us this lovely assignment. (laughs) It's so funny. Whenever we were talking about, you know, topics and catching up for today, I was like, oh my God, I haven't really thought of one. And I was the one that tasked and made it such a thing. Um, As a, uh, just a reminder, I know I said it last episode, but last year we had Kelsey with love. Um, Kathy with let go and mine was peace. Um, Kathy, I love yours. I love both of them, but I'm glad that you said determined because mine I decided was routine. Um, I feel like I am not very, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like my own best friend. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't want to go to the gym. You don't have to do that. Like, you don't want to <laughs> go. Like, I don't, I'm not good at keeping myself accountable. Um, so I'm trying to keep myself accountable, um, this year. Um, one thing I will note, I know I just had a lot of sad uh, moments on this podcast, but that's not to overshine. Um, I have so much to be grateful for. Um, like I said, um, actually, as we're recording this tomorrow, I'm headed out to Maui with Will, uh, my sweet, sweet boyfriend, who I am so, so grateful for. Um, and I also have um, just accepted a new position and a new job um, that I'm so excited for. It is a huge uh, moving stone for me, um, stepping stone. It is, I'm so grateful and so looking forward to it. Um, it is at a national nonprofit who uh, works on bringing gun safety and mental health and resources to schools and to kids. Um, it's fairly well known. And as I get more into it, I'm sure um, I will love to talk more a little more about it. Um, I haven't even started yet. I start when we get back from Hawaii, but it is remote. So I'm hoping that also uh, is able to bring a full The Morning Crew uh, reunion um, this year. Um, a lot of flexibility, a lot of um, benefits and things I'm excited and think I've worked hard for and I think I deserve, which are things I would not have said to myself a couple years ago. Um, I'm so excited to begin uh, this next chapter. And I think so that's part of my routine. I feel like it's going to be a remote position so I can work from home. Um, I'm hoping that helps bring myself a little bit of routine and being able to keep things on um, on track a little bit. Um, Kathy mentioned hobbies. One thing that I've always been really into, but I've started a new this year is my bullet journal. So I've started kind of making different notes on things um, about how things I want to do and, you know, certain rules I'm making for myself as I start being remote as in like, I think like going to the gym or making sure I leave my house because I am going to be here all the time. Um but I'm so, so excited for all that there is uh, to come. And I also love the skim. And I wanted to mention while we were all talking about that earlier, um, they have an excellent, excellent book. And if you guys don't have it, don't buy it because I'm going to add it to the package I'm going to send you guys. Um, it is the best. And if you're listening and um, anybody in your 20s, 30s, I think anyone, it's a great resource for it. It goes through all the things like finances and relationships and wine and history it just like little things you need to know and maybe don't um, or refresh you on. I used to have a copy and I gave it to my coworker who moved because um, I thought that she could really use it. And it's one that I love to pass on to my friends because I think it's a great resource. So um, 
I don't know. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's it's from the skin. If you search it, I think it's the only one they have. Um, and it's been a great resource for me as well. Uh, but I'm very excited for all there is to come, and I'm excited. We've got electric determined and routine on the list for this year and i have high hopes for all of us and i'm very excited for this next chapter for everyone i love that i um was gonna say that we need to be determined to take a break from all of our routine lives and have an electric get-together sometime in 2024. (laughs) That was the only way I could bring it all together. (laughs) You just pulled a Mads with that. It's how I ended the last year. (laughs) I know. I was like, how do I bring them all together? I love it. Yes, you nailed it. (laughs) Weaved all the words together. And yes, it has to happen this year. Um, I want to I wanna once again say, I know this was a bit of a heavy one, and I don't know, and this is still on air, and I am okay with no matter what we decide to cut or keep, I'm okay with keeping it. I think that the vulnerability and how to handle everything is kind of how we get through with each other, but I wanted to thank you both again, and of course, our community, um, and just everyone. <laughs> I feel like I'm very lucky, and I feel like it's very easy when you're going through all of the feels and things and the heaviness that I felt like I felt to not see that. Um, And I see it and I appreciate it and I respect it and I'm very grateful for it. And I don't know that I would be able to have pulled myself out of bed those days and keep going if it wasn't for it and you guys and, and the whole kind of thing as a whole. Um, So thank you both for the space today and the space of my cozy blanket to snuggle up. I use that. They sent me, Kelsey and Kathy sent me a barefoot dreams blanket. Um, And almost every, every night that I'm dealing, I sit with the dog and I have a glass of wine. I just snuggle up with it. And it's brought me coziness and love and and made me feel like I was not alone in uh, being in my apartment sometimes. Um, So thank you as both for, you know, always making the space and the time and patience. I know I've been a little bit not myself uh, the past month and I'm just, I'm, there's so much to look forward to. So I don't want the, the breakdown and the heaviness and the tough end of the chapter of last year, the beginning of this year to be what defines the rest of it. Um, I'm very hopeful and optimistic um, and know that that was just something that was going to happen and I'm ready to leave it. Um, not leave it in a way that is, you know, leave leave them or their memory or the experience, um, but leave the whole heaviness of that in last year, even though it was technically in this year. Um, so thank you. And I'm glad the podcast was here to make this space. Oh, my gosh. Of course, we are here always, 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 um, you know, be on the podcast just as friends and people who care about you. We are so here. And that's a very healthy outlook and attitude to have, you know, that both can coexist like your continued grief journey, but also, yeah, trying to release some of the heaviest heaviness and lean on your support and all the things to look forward to have the time of your freaking life in Hawaii on this family trip with Will and can't wait to hear all about it in our next episode. Um, please use the Hawaii is so special to just take a load off and like, 
also how magical that it's the trip between jobs. So you literally have no work lingering over your shoulder. You can turn off notifications because you have no one to report to yet until you come back. So that's like one of the most magical kinds of vacations you can take. You so deserve this. Literally the best time. Literally. I hope the weather is amazing. All of it. We love you so much and are so thankful for your vulnerability tonight. Um, And with that, as always, everyone, uh, please continue to follow and subscribe and share with a friend and follow our Instagram account. Send us an email, write any comments. Um, It really makes a difference and we really appreciate it. Um, But with that, we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.